Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Spikes. This is a fantasy football podcast and fantasy football-related podcast where I talk about a bunch of stuff fantasy-related. On today's episode, we're going to be going over a recently drafted team with a good buddy of mine. He's um he is a he's my co-commissioner in the Messiah League, which we talked about on the last episode. He's got well over a decade's worth of fantasy football knowledge, and between the two of us, we have probably a combined almost sixty years worth of sports knowledge in general. This is my good buddy John. John, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm good. You heard about the, the the freeway thing, so the fantasy football talk is good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so you just had a had a draft uh, uh, the other day, right? You said it was a twelve team half point, right? So twelve team half point PPR, and uh, I had the tenth pick in the draft. Nice, nice. All right, so all right, well, let's let's just go right into it, man. Who was your first pick? All right, so like I said, I had the tenth pick. My plan was. If uh, Saquon fell to me, which he didn't, I would have taken him. And then I was thinking running back, I was thinking Najee Harris possibly. Mm-hmm. And then I really wanted Adam or Tyree Kill to fall to me, but they got snagged up like the, the two picks right before me. Well, I mean, I you are a Packer homer, so that makes sense. Yes, 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 it does. <laughs> so I had in my mind, I had in my mind swirling with Calvin Ridley, Stephon Diggs, and I had to go with my boy Travis Kelsey. I just thought at the time he was the best player at his position. Mm-hmm. And the other guys I was getting were still, I think, like, you know, tier one receivers starting to get into the tier two. I think we we're in the tier two running backs already, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just figured, you know what? Like, I think I'm going to just, I think I could snag up some other players. Like, I knew that as the 10th pick, it was going to come snake around and come right back to me pretty quickly. And I thought, you know, Kelsey will probably be gone. And the running back I could get on the swing around is going to be just as good as if I take a running back right now. So, unfortunately, the receivers were snagged up on the comeback, but I ended up taking Antonio Gibson on the comeback. Nice. So Love it. Love it. I'm I'm really high on, on Gibson this year. I really, I'm really looking forward to the usage. And you have Ron Rivera as your head coach. He's not really a, an offensive-minded head coach. But everybody forgets that Christian McCaffrey, like he was kind of projected as a gadget player coming out of Stanford. A lot of people thought he was going to, he was going to go to the Patriots. He ends up ends up going to the Panthers, and I, I compare those two all the time because Christian McCaffrey, his rookie year, it wasn't anything special, anything anything spectacular. Same thing with Antonio Gibson, like it was good, it was solid, but it wasn't special, it wasn't spectacular. And then C Mac's second year, his sophomore year, what does he do? Boom, he's the RB one, easily the number one player off the board, and he still is. Even though he missed all of last year, he's still the number one player off the board. Personally, I wouldn't have gone tight end there. I I, I do, I understand your strategy of, you know, I'm going to go with the best player available at their position, and the tight end landscape is so thin that, you know, being able to get that caliber of player like that, like a, like, like a, Tra- a Travis Kelsey like that, I mean, y- you might as well. The way that I, I've been going about things lately is, look, if my guy's not there, my guy's not there. I'm just I'm going to take the the best that I can or the highest tier tier playable player player available to me. So I like that. Yeah. All right, you know, so you've you've got your tight end in Kelsey. You've got Gibson. Where'd you go next? Next, with my third pick, I went with 
and you know I have to wait a while. Yeah, you've you, you've got that that long break in, in in between picks, which is tough. Which I I I'm assuming that Mahomes went off went off the board in that time. Mahomes probably Allen probably Jackson. You know you're you're missing out out on, on a lot of those. But I'm in, if I was if I was to guess, knowing you, your next pick is probably going to be a wide receiver. I, I would assume, right? I wanted it to be, and I was looking at Scary Terry, and he got taken right before me on the comeback. Ah, that, that's tough. That was going to be my WR one. Uh huh. You know, after after he got taken, I was looking at it, and I was like, you know what? Uh, I'm not loving the WR one. I'm going to sure up my my running back position here. Nice. And I RB two, and I went with Daryl Henderson. Nice. Uh, nice. I went with him over. Uh, I remember a pretty comparable. You know, who, who's who do you think the running backs would be available around that time? Daryl Hend around the Daryl Henderson time frame. I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised to see Gus Edwards being being available there. Um, he was. A, you're Gus looking Edwards at a, at probably the the Raheem Mostert uh, sermon area. Um, probably Javante Williams is is probably av- available there. Um, Gordon. There, there, Melvin there Gordon, were, yeah. My decision was going to come down to a James Robinson too. I was eyeing James yeah, Robinson. Yeah, James Robinson. James Robinson ended up getting snagged, and I think that's why I went with Daryl Henderson, uh, thinking like you know the Sony Michelle thing does scare me a little, you know, but Sony Michelle has some usage and injury problems and comes from a backfield where he's not being used all that much, and they don't have Malcolm Brown anymore. So I'm kind of thinking. Henderson will be the more workhorse type, and and Sony Michelle will kind of just mix in, you know. Yeah, Mich- Michelle's Michelle's not bad, you know. I mean, he had he had great talent coming out of Georgia. You know, he had during that Super Bowl run, Sony Michelle produced uh, amazing d- t- towards the end end of that season. There, he definitely helped a lot of fantasy owners win championships in that season. And then he kind of fell off the map, you know. I I, I really think. A change of scenery was gonna is gonna be really good for him. Sony Michelle is a running back that I'm probably targeting more in a dynasty format rather than redraft or 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 leagues of of, of that nature. I like I like Daryl Henderson this year. I think his usage is gonna be really good. I I liked him. I liked him last year when when he got when he got started. I know that Acres is the back to own there, but unfortunately he is out for the season. I think out of all of the backs that you had available to you. I think personally, yeah, yeah. I think Daryl Henderson was probably the right call there. He's the more comfortable pick, you know. He's the more consistent. You know, if he's healthy, he's going to get the work. Plain and simple. Yeah, with, I like that getting the work with those with that Rams team in Big Bay, and they like to run the ball. So exactly, exactly. You know, those those other other running other running backs that are there. You know, the Melvin Gordons, the Raheem Mostert, Sermon, Javante Williams, even 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 James Robinson. You know, James Robinson could lose goal line work to to Carlos Hyde he could he could be spelled out for Carlos Hyde Hyde could en- end up end up outworking Robinson in, in that in, in Jacksonville I don't really think that's going to happen but it's totally a possibility but those other backs that are available they have other guys that they're dealing with there they, they have there there are production issues that are going to come up there in 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 LA with the Rams it's Daryl Henderson's backfield period who'd you end, end up end, end up taking on on the turn so let me ask you like for my draft tonight if yeah. I'm presented with a situation, Daryl Henderson, Gus Edwards, and James Robinson, you would say double down and go Henderson again? I, if Gus Edwards is available to me there, I'll probably go Gus. Um, and that's not because I'm a Ravens fan. 
I, I I like Gus. Gus is still he's relatively young. He's never really been hurt hurt in his career. He's never really had to deal with issues. And honestly, this could be a year where Gus shines. And J.K. Dobbins had so much value going into the year, and then he gets hurt, and his value could really, really be diminished if Gus ends up having a solid year. You know, I, I'm looking at Gus running for over a thousand yards this year, getting anywhere between six to ten touchdowns, maybe more. Who knows? You know, I mean, Gus, Gus has shown as as a Ravens fan and as just a fan of of traditional. You run the football, you run to set up the pass. Gus has shown that he can do it. He can get the job done. And I think as long as he stay, he stays healthy, he'll be able to get the job done. We are a run first team. Gus Edwards is not going to change that whatsoever. So I think going into next year, you could be seeing, you know, J.K. Dobbins value could decrease a lot. Gus Edwards value could, de- could decrease. But back to your question, I would probably take Gus Edwards. If Gus is gone by then and I had to choose between James Robinson and Daryl Henderson, Eileen Henderson on the better offense, definitely. Yeah, I think the the Gus might be available one round later. I might take a a flyer at that. I don't know if I'm going to be presented with the same situation. I'm in a completely different draft position, as Mm -hmm. you know, really takes a lot of who's available to you. Um, Definitely. I'm I'm in the number two spot. But on the turnaround, I took Robert Woods. Double down on the Rams. At the time, I'm thinking I see Cooper Cup. I see Robert Woods. For some stupid reason, I'm thinking Thielen would come back. Mm-hmm. I, in light of going back there, honestly, I might have taken Thielen because I don't know if he's going to get 14 touchdowns again, but it's obvious that Cousins likes him in the end zone. Uh, with Ju- Justin Jefferson putting in his name on the map, I'm not one of those people that thinks that one receiver just completely takes away mm-hmm. uh, all the work from another. You know, sometimes it actually opens things up. and uh, I could see Adam feeling taking some softer coverage this year and uh and and i don't know i could see him doing all right so um i think in retrospect i might have leaned towards the feeling thing i think the reason i chose woods is because i went with i need a wr1 i need someone reliable woods is a pretty healthy guy he doesn't really get hurt and i think i like cup too but i looked back at stafford and thought like not a guy who always threw to his tight end, likes to throw the ball deep. Kenny Kenny Galladay did really, really good in that mm-hmm. system. Stafford isn't someone who just leans up the middle like Jared Goff does. So I think that there's a slight thing in my mind that says, you know what, I could see Robert Woods actually being the one person, that, like the person in the offense that actually benefits the most from the Stafford addition in being able to get thrown the ball deep and um stretch the field you know yeah i could i could see that too i mean honestly there i think it's more of a 1a 1 1b type option um you know traditionally you look at matthew stafford and kind of who he's had to work with you know he had danny amendola on 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 the on the lions for a bit and amendola he was he became like a ppr flyer but it really he really wasn't any anything more than that you know, Cooper Cup, he te- he tends to to take take across the middle. You know, kind of a little little more of that slot receiver type role. But I I I had I had the same thoughts. You know, I I was honestly trying to trade somebody in our dynasty league uh, who has Woods. I was trying to trade trade her Cup for Woods straight up. Like just, let's just swap. And oh wow, yeah yeah. And and she she ended up ended up not taking it. And and that's fine. You know, two days later there was some you know a highlight came out of 
Cooper Cup making a spectacular catch. And I just sent her the link to that real quick, just kind of like give you a little little FYI. But honestly, <laughs> I don't I don't think either either receiver there is is a bad option, you know. And, and you're right, Woods has been healthy for a majority, if not all, of his career. He's been a, a stable option the entire time he's been in in LA, and I think that continues and grows more with with Matthew Stafford at, at, at the quarterback position. And I think Woods is honestly one of those guys that, you know, we could be looking at next year. You know, he he won't be available in, in, the, in, in this round. But that's that's something we'll we'll, we'll talk about on on another episode. Um, so let, let's flush out the rest of your team. So you've got so, so right now you've got Kelsey as your tight end. You've got Gibson and Henderson as your as your running backs. Woods is your wide receiver. Who's your wide receiver to? So on the comeback, or no, wait, I had to wait a long time. You had, you had to wait, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I I uh I reached out, I went with uh I went with my boy who gave me a little uh a little push, a little advice, and I swooped up Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy. Now who who could have given you that advice? Oh man, <laughs> crazy Ravens guy. This crazy Ravens fan. Yeah, I I I'd love Jerry Judy this year. I, I mean I mean it feels weird having him as my my WR two, you know. Yeah. I really want him to be my flex. Uh-huh. And maybe will, maybe things will change in my lineup as the year goes on and he'll he'll be that. Or maybe he'll he'll actually step into the WR two. I know you're high on him. I love speed. So I went with a player who I thought especially the reason I reached and I didn't go court because you know I like Cortland Sutton. Yeah, yeah, you you love Court Cortland Sutton. We, you you and I we we were talking about this last week. If you had to take your pick of the wide receivers on that team, you'd take Cortland Sutton. I'd take Jerry Judy. That's just from a fantasy aspect. If I was building a team, yeah, I would probably take Cortland Sutton. I'm a fan of those big bodied jump. Just let me chuck the ball up, jump up, and get it. Wide receivers, I love those guys. But this year, fantasy-wise, yeah. oh, in any sort of PPR format, oh, I'm taking Jerry Judy as often as I can. And and you know what? I, I saw the uh, the Cortland Sutton. Like, if Cortland Sutton was my – if I was picking for a flex, I, I, I might have gone him. Mm-hmm. But oh, I already got him in a league, and I just thought, you know what? Darby R2, this is what I'm drafting right now. Yeah. And when I looked at the board, I was like, you know what? This is a guy who could step up into that role I like it's possible he has upside so oh he's got tremendous upside you know and and one thing that I really look for when when I'm drafting my teams is is consistent production and that's something that Jerry Judy can do yeah and he just on the on the field to me he just seems like a fast guy so on the wraparound I grabbed Sermon from the Niners nice nice yeah I was thinking to go quarterback there but I uh, I wanted I figured I had running backs for the you know that could get me through the first part of the year the first five six games and um, I wanted to kind of take one of those guys I was either thinking Williams or Sermon and I ended up going with Sermon because I like the way the Niners run the ball and if they're going to have any relevance this year I don't think that Mostard's going to do it all by himself they're not really that type of team. No, no, they've they've all they've always utilized uh, um, not I I guess I guess a, a committee, but you know, you'll see one guy in in that offense every game just have a game. You know, like there were games last year where it was Jeff Wilson Jr.'s game. You know, he'd have two touchdowns and 120, 130 yards in a game. Then you'd have a, a, a Raheem Mostert game. You know, things like that, and that's kind of how that offense operates. It is definitely a run first team. 
Uh, I really think that once Trey Lance takes over at quarterback, because it's really only a matter of time, I think that's really when that offense is really going to blow up. And I, I think that you know, you're going to see kind of a changing of the guard there from Jimmy Garoppolo and Raheem Mostert to a Trey Lance and, and Trevor Sermon. Um, I, I, I like Sermon a lot. I've taken Sermon in every dynasty league that I'm in. I tried I, to get, tried to get him in every other like redraft and keeper league that I'm in, but he just got taken right before me in rounds that I, I wasn't willing to go. You know, I wasn't looking to take Sermon in the fourth, fifth or sixth round. I was looking seventh, eighth, you know, and then he just, he just went earlier, and that teaches me if you want a guy, you gotta you gotta take your guy, take a guy when when you can. But I like Sermon a lot this year. I do think, you know, Sermon and Javante Williams, those are two running backs that I like a lot. That I really think in this extended season that we're in, because this is we're, we're we're looking at an eighteen week season right now. In this extended season, you know, I think we're going to be looking at around weeks eight to ten when I think both Sermon and Willie and Javante Williams are going to be taken over over their teams. So when you say Williams, do you mean uh, Jamal Williams, the running back from the Lions? No, Javante. It was built, uh, when I said Williams, I was choosing between who do I want to grab over here, Sermon or Williams. Sermon or, uh, or or Javante. Yeah, there I would have totally gone Javante. Javante has tons of upside, and don't get me wrong, I love Melvin Gordon. You know, he won he won me one of my first one of my first fantasy championships in in the Messiah League at least, and. I just it that's Javante Williams' backfield. The moment that Melvin Gordon can't produce, which could be soon, but the moment that he can't produce, that backfield is going to switch over to Devon, over to Javante and he's going to run away with it in my in my opinion. Okay. That's that's interesting. I I think that was part of the reason it's funny you mentioned Melvin Gordon because that was part of my reasoning was I think I was a little more scared of Melvin Gordon because of what I've seen him do in the past with the mm-hmm. workload than I was of Raheem Most Mostar. I'm not saying I don't like Mostar. I think Mostar's good. Um, I don't think he, he doesn't strike me as a three down back. He just doesn't. And mm-hmm. so I thought that Sermon is going to get his his chance to shine. And if he shows out, he might he might get a little bit more work. Um, but I'm glad that you like both of them. Question would be: Would you be surprised to see Sermon have some some fantasy playoff value would you be surprised to see him have some no not at all not at all i i really think that both of those running backs javante williams and and sermon i think both of them are going to be probably running back two running back threes from the midway point of the season on you know there was there was something i read i read a while ago that said starting in week 10 javante williams will be an rb1 for the rest of the season and yeah. and it, 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 I couldn't believe it, but you start you start to to think about about that offense there there in Denver. You start to think about you know Melvin Gordon. He wasn't really great last year. Melvin Gordon's last great season came when he was playing for the Chargers, you know. And that's not really the type of offense that he has here. You know, his quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke. If if, if Bridgewater falters or gets hurt at all, which that's not great, you know. And I think. I think that Melvin Gordon, you know, he he's great. Don't get me wrong. He he's he, he's a great running back. Love love the running back, but I really think that it's time for him to move into that more, you know, backup handcuff role and really let your rookie Javante Williams come in and, and take over. We're seeing it almost every single year now. Rookie running backs come in 
and they take the job or they hold the job and they perform well, especially for fantasy owners. You know, that's why, you know, we're looking at what, like four or five years ago, we had we had a large influx of rookie running backs. We had Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon. All three of those guys all performed in their in their rookie years. And all three of those guys were first, second, and maybe third round picks at, at the latest. And that's just happening consistently now with with rookie running backs. You know, we've got we've got Najee Harris, who Najee Harris, who's probably a, a, a first round, second round running back. And then after Najee, it's really Javante Williams. It was it was ETN, but then ETN got hurt. And you've got Sermon. You know, you, you've got Kenneth Gainwell. You, you, you've got these rookie running backs there that. As, as soon as they get their opportunity, they take it and they run with it. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I can so, see that. Yeah. Um, so the, you got me thinking if I get the chance tonight to swoop up Javante Williams. Oh, I I totally would. I, I, I honestly totally would. There were there were a couple drafts this year. Uh, they, they were rookie drafts for, for Dynasty Leagues where I could have gotten Javante Williams, but my roster makeup in those leagues, I, I didn't need it. I didn't need the running back. And I honestly didn't even need it for trade value, so I, I just went with what I needed, you know. And that's that's a lot of times, that's that's a, a real big difference between dynasty and redraft is, you know, in, in dynasty you can draft solely off of need. In in redraft, it's okay. I'm trying to I'm trying to build a whole team that's going to win this year. In that style of setting, it's really kind of a, a coin flip of who is going to help you win this year. Is it going to be Sermon or, or or would it be Williams? And I don't really think you can go wrong either way. I, I I do think that Williams has more of an upside, but I could be completely wrong. So, yep, so I hear you. Who did you end up taking as your quarterback? Because it, it's it's it feels really great for me to hear that you know you're in the you know fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round, and you still haven't taken a quarterback yet. Because traditionally, you're one of those guys who are who are on the other end end of the spectrum that really think that you know I need a top tier quarterback. And they're going to produce so much better than than these, you know, kind of late round, middle round quarterbacks. Yeah. So who'd you end up getting? Yeah, I am on that side of the spectrum. If you know, I, am. I know that <laughs> uh, the leagues I've normally won, I've won with a solid, very not just a solid quarterback, but, but a, an, an, an elite quarterback and, and an elite quarterback putting up uh, uh, elite numbers every week. Exactly. You I, won the dynasty I, league last. You won. You won the dynasty league last year with Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. It's really yeah, kind of hard yeah. to beat that. Yeah, so I, I feel you on that one. Um, I, you know what, dude? It's because it's a twelve-man league, and I in this same league last year, uh, they very much value the uh, running back position. I reached for Malar, uh, Lamar Jackson last year mm-hmm. too high, and it backfired. So yeah, uh, this year I was just like, you know what? I think even though I got to tell you. After I finish and look at my team, I don't love it. I've had better teams in a 12-man league. or I've had teams look sexier. The team doesn't look sexy to me, but it, I feel I like it's a team. I feel like it's a team that could be competitive. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and keep me at least. I'd be very surprised not to be in the hunt. You know yeah. what I mean? And then uh, uh, with one of the players I drafted either having higher upside taking me into like a, a higher echelon team or me getting a waiver wire move to help me out, something like that. But I ended up going with Ryan Tannehill. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I don't even think I took him with that next pick, mm-hmm. to be honest. What made you go uh, with Ryan Tannehill? I, 
I I like uh, when receivers go to a new place and do well. I'm not saying Julio's going to overtake AJ um, AJ Brown as the number one there, mm-hmm. but we saw what Stefan Diggs did in Buffalo mm-hmm. when he got new a new look, and uh, I know Julio is more towards the end of his career, but I think. Julio is going to have a better year than he had last year. I actually wanted to draft him as my uh, WR2 and might have taken Julio, was probably going to take Julio over um, uh, Judy if he fell to me mm-hmm. because I, I like I like Julio's upside this year playing alongside also another talented um, receiver. Also, I don't know if Julio's going to get the same type of treatment he's gotten the, his, his whole career of the whole you know, doubling him and just moving people over there all the time. So I think he has weapons. I think that also the play action with Derrick Henry, when you have a running back who just went for 2,000 yards, um, the the play action is going to be good for Tannehill. And, you know, he dropped 33 tutties and only seven picks last year. So he's efficient. He's yeah. good. And I, I like Tennessee as a squad, mm-hmm. you know. I think they're going to be in the playoff hunt over there. Um and I just, uh, yeah, I, I thought that he was maybe not the most explosive quarterback that I could have gone for, but mm-hmm. at least with what I was going for with my team, that solid guy who's going to give me good games. And I could get another, I did get another QB who was very, very similar. Let's see if you could guess. So I think two or three picks later after I got Tannehill, mm-hmm. I drafted a very similar comparable QB. Great system, a lot of weapons. Great system, lots of weapons, similar to Tannehill. Similar to Tannehill in the year he put up last year. He had 35 tutties and 10 interceptions. Hmm. Who do you think? So it's somebody that played all all year long, 35 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. You know, I there's a part of me that really wants to say Russell Wilson. Yeah, I wish. He was gone. He yeah, was gone. yeah. I, I, yeah I that's what, I, that's what I figured. Um, you know what? I... I'll say Kirk Cousins. That's who it was. Nice. Yeah. I, nice. Nice guess. Yeah. You're and you're totally right. You know, there's nothing sexy about either of those picks. You know, I mean, Tannehill. Yeah. Yeah. Tannehill. You know, he his he's very efficient, but he's very efficient because he throws the ball like 15 times a game. You know, they're they're That's a run heavy team. If they can't run the ball, then their offense really isn't going to perform. Or at least that, that's kind of how it's been. And I, I agree with you. You know, Julio is definitely not going to get the constant battering of, of you know, having number one DBs on him consistently because you do have A.J. AJ Brown there, you know, and teams are going to have to worry about having both of them. You know, it's kind of a, of a, of a two-headed monster, if you will. A.J. Brown is this big, physical, big-bodied wide receiver, and you have Julio Jones, who is still probably the best route running best sure-handed wide receiver in the game right now as long as he's healthy that's been julio's biggest knock is is if if he can stay healthy you know then he'll be great if julio's not healthy then you've got a a long year on him and you really wish you didn't draft julio Tannehill, yeah yeah. Tannehill, i'm not a really big fan of because he just he's never going to do anything that's going to win you a game he, he'll, he'll get you probably a solid, you know, 20, 22, 24 points a game, maybe, which is great. You know, that's that, that that's great production, but he's never going to do anything that's going to win you the game. For he's sure. not going to get you that 30, 35. Yeah, I was no, looking out of the no. quarterbacks, too. I mean, I looked at the thing is 
with the quarterback thing. Um, Cousins can do that, I, though. Cousins, uh, yeah, Cousins can have games. He yeah, can have games. I just don't trust. And and that's you saw what you see what I'm going for. Yeah, At the beginning of the year. I mean, I'm. I got to tell you, week one, I think I'm starting Tannehill because of uh, the the over under. It's projected that it's going to be a very very uh, high scoring affair for mm-hmm. some reason. But um, um, I I was looking at Joe Burrow, who I like. Mm-hmm. I was looking at, and he has weapons. We know he has weapons. Yeah, and he and they're going to have got one of they, his best friends. Yeah, and and they they suck at um, throwing the ball. Or I mean, they 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 suck as a team. So they're constantly <laughs> behind and have to yeah, throw the ball. Yeah, off. their defense their defense isn't really that great. My biggest concern with Joe Burrow is the health and stability of that offensive line. Yes, yes. So yeah. so I mean, I I was like, oh, do I want to go? Joe Burrow or Trevor Lawrence or Jalen Hurts. You know, I had an opportunity to take Jalen and I just thought like what you said, um, you know, Jalen is a guy who I think has an opportunity to win you a game, mm-hmm. but I really worry about the weapons and I really worry about the ability he has to per- be consistent. And just to have a quarterback give you an 11 point game really sucks. And I know that, Tannehill and Cousins can do that from time to time, but yeah. they're going to be a little bit more steady, I think, than the uh, Jalen Hurts pick. Oh, I, I I totally agree. I, I mean, you know, you know, like I said, there's there is nothing sexy about Tannehill and Cousins, but they will provide consistency. You know, you you are you are going to get that. You know, we'll say eighteen to twenty four point range a game. You know, and eighteen points isn't that isn't that great out of a quarterback, but. When you have other players on your roster that could that could easily hit a home run and, and win you games, Travis Kelsey, Antonio Gibson, Robert Woods, you know those are players that those are players that have the ability to to win you games easily. You know you you didn't need that from your quarterback from your quarterback position. You needed some stability, and I think both of those are are good are good decent picks. Cousins, Cousins could easily hit a hit a home run well out of the park and and win you games. You know you know let's think back to. Week one last year, Packers and Vikings, and the you guys honestly just destroyed the Vikings to start the game. But garbage time, Cousins comes along and he ends up ripping off. And what did he throw? He threw for what four touchdowns in that game, you know. And that's yeah, that's an amazing game from a quarterback. If a quarterback throws for four touchdowns in our scoring formats, we give him six points per touchdown. Four times six, that's twenty-four. You know, even if the guy throws two picks in a game without yardage included. He's already got 20 points. That's a that's a, a solid game right there. You know, and, and Cousins can put those together because he will sling the ball. That offense in Minnesota is more balanced than it is in Tennessee, but that honestly might change this year. Like, just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean that Tannehill can't get it done. Tannehill was sort of a a slinger a little bit in, in Miami. He just didn't have the weapons, and he was also tied down to, in my opinion, the worst head coach in NFL history, Adam Gase. Adam, I don't know you at all, man, but please, dude, you should not be a head coach. Go be an offensive coordinator and make millions of dollars. Do not head coach a team. You're, you're just bad for them. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's true, agree. man. It's so true. I know you're laughing at this Daniel Cousins thing, hearing it from me. I know it's the last thing you thought you were going to hear. Oh, but. definitely, definitely. You know, I, I, I would have fully expected you to go with a top tier quarterback, you know, traditionally you are a, give me the best of the best. You know, like we said in the dynasty, League, you've got Mahomes. You, you and I made a trade a couple of years ago for Lamar Jackson after Lamar's MVP year, MVP year. 
you are a homer with your Aaron Rodgers, but hey, majority of the times you can't go wrong with that. So those have been really your three quarterbacks traditionally. You know, you'll, you, I, I see you take a Russell Wilson here, here and there, but Russell is, I, I, in my opinion, I think those are the top four, excluding excluding Josh Allen. Those are the top four quarterbacks that you can get at the position. You know, yeah, right now, uh, you know, I swooped up uh, in another league. Uh, if if anyone's looking for a late, like a mid round flyer, mm-hmm. I don't hate the Tom Brady pick this year. I don't hate it. I just, I know that um, following a Super Bowl year, like they had, they weren't always lighting the scoreboard up. Their mm-hmm. defense did a lot last year, and um, I kind of feel like after years like that, uh, when a defense, I'm not going to say that Brady didn't do things, but he threw three picks in the in the game against Green Bay and against uh. The Chiefs, the, the thing that was impressive in the, the Bucks' ending run to me was their defense and what they were able to do to those two quarterbacks that they faced the last two two times and quarterbacks that were both being considered those MVPs that year. So so after they went in and did that to Rodgers and then went and did that to uh, Kansas City and Mahomes, I, I thought that it was really impressive and um, I thought that the Bucks' defense is what kind of rode them on that high to take them there and and they had the guys to finish it off like Brady and he, he you know he's the goat he's the he's the guy but it's not I didn't see him take I saw the, the defense winning those games and mm-hmm. that it didn't hurt it didn't help that the Packers and the Chiefs both had their star left Packers missing but yeah um, that's that that's my that's my, my main point in that in that Kansas City game can't you know Kansas City's offensive line was banged up they didn't have their starting line in that game the moment that I heard that I heard that, uh, I there's no way Kansas City was winning that game. No way. Period. Yeah, it they, was, they, it they held. They had no shot, and and I think that their offensive line is still banged up right now. You know, and so that's why you know, I'm I'm kind of low on Mahomes this year because you need an offensive line in order to keep your quarterback up, and even if you are the great Patrick Mahomes, you, you might not be able to produce like that. Mahomes didn't produce well in that Super Bowl whatsoever whatsoever no no they they yeah that that was crazy so yeah i mean after after a year i mean we'll we'll go back to the seahawks after the seahawks won and we all know that that defense won that super bowl against peyton manning if you go to the following year uh that that the seahawks almost went back to back russell wilson had a great year and so i kind of feel that at some point in this season Tom Brady's going to be asked to shoulder the load for that team for a little bit. And he's got three weapons and he's got a year under his belt with those weapons. And, and, and that was their first year together. I think, although I don't see Tampa Bay running it back as a football squad, because mm. it's very hard to do. I do see them being the first place in that division bar none. And I see them, I see Tom Brady and the offense actually being better than they were last year. Oh, definitely. As opposed to, as opposed to uh, the defense doing so much of that work. Oh, definitely, definitely. I, I I think they're they're a more complete team this year, and I think that it goes to what you what you said with them. You know, that was their first year together, and I think that was probably the the majority of the issues that they had was that that was all of their first year. You know, together with Arians as the head coach, Brady as the quarterback, Gronk shows up. You know, ready to party. You know, like the, the Leonard Fournette comes in. You know, this was and Dominican Sue comes in, comes in on, on the defense. This was a lot of this was there was a lot of melding and meshing of personalities and, and football experience that, that really came together. And they ended up winning a championship. 
And I am expecting more, if not the same, from that team this year. They are very young, very solid defense, and a very young, very solid offense as far as weapons go. Now, you know, it, it's just a matter of can Brady keep doing it? We have no reason to question him whatsoever. You know, Father Time should have come and claimed Tom Brady a long time ago, but he didn't. That TB12 diet is fucking something special. Though, he, yeah, apparently so. But I, I, think, I, he, I think he drinks that. Um, I think he drinks that Mike's secret stuff. He, he's you know got a stash of that, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I, I, I like, I like Brady. I like Brady this year. I like that offense a lot. Um, I, I think that they, they are, they are going to put up points. So, all right, well, I'm going to take you down my my lasting picks real quick. So, all right. I did take. Um, so, like I said, I, I took those quarterbacks really, really late. So yeah, if anyone's yeah. in a a bind i don't think they're bad quarterbacks to take really late i ended up taking um in between Tannehill and cousins i took i believe because i have I, i'm trying to remember in the form i picked this and mm -hmm. i think yeah it was tyler boyd that i took um it might have been after sermon i think what i did was i went sermon and then i went tyler boyd as my wr3 bench um the reason i chose tyler boyd is because uh, Higgins was taken, and honestly, Higgins didn't do enough uh, for me to surpass Boyd as they're like, I don't think there's a number one there yet. You know, like you got Jamar Chase, who's his old buddy. Um, you got Tyler Boyd, who's had a rapport with him and had a thousand yard receiving season twice already with uh, Burrow and a different or not Burrow, but a different quarterback with Dalton and, yeah. um, and Dalton. And so I, I think that it's kind of like I don't. I kind of am staying away from the Cincinnati wide receiver group unless it's a keeper or dynasty thing because this year it's it's who's going to be the guy. And so because I was in my wide receiver issue uh, where I, I kind of waited a little late this year to take some wide receivers with the Kelsey hookup, mm -hmm. um, I, I ended up taking Boyd because I knew that he was, he's been solid. And so I, I can play matchups with uh, – Robert Woods, Jerry Judy, and Tyler Boyd for the first part of the year. Um, I also took in between Ryan Tannehill and uh, Kirk Cousins, I took A.J. Dillon. You know I had to get my Packer in there, buddy. <laughs> yeah, you got to get some sort of Packer homer there. So I do I, really I, I like, like, I like Dillon. I like Dillon this year. I mean, Jamal Williams, even with Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams had a role. So I think He I, had I, a role with Aaron Jones. We actually used three running backs mm -hmm. at times. Yeah. And – AJ Dillon got work last year, looking like that bowling ball. He looks like mm -hmm. a guy that's just fucking tough. And I think Aaron Jones is going to get more work than he got last year this year. And I don't, I, I that that scares me a little bit. I, as a fantasy owner of Aaron Jones, it makes you happy because last year I can't tell you times where he had thirty point games and and Jamal Williams killed the clock and they 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 said we need Aaron Jones for a Super Bowl and. I don't know if they're going to go away from that. You know, they, they just paid the man. So mm -hmm. maybe they're going to say, earn your money. Um, and so, I mean, I, like I said, as a Packer fan, I like the saving Aaron Jones and keeping him healthy. As a fantasy uh, owner, I didn't love it. And if Jones goes down, A.J. Dillon. A.J. AJ Dillon's an, an RB1 immediately. Yeah, and, immediately. and, and if, if Jones... Um, if Jones stays healthy, I still think, like you said, A.J. Dillon will have a role because I don't 
I just don't think that we're gonna overuse him. It's something that we've we've uh, looked away from doing, and and I think they have a. I think we're gonna go with a little smash. Uh, uh, well, actually, with our our offense, it'll probably be dash and smash. But uh, I think that that's the <laughs> yeah. approach we're gonna go with, yeah. with this year. So. So. I grabbed AJ Dillon, and then you're gonna love that. I, I honestly, this guy was low on my radar. I really thank you, Nick, for talking to me about this guy before because this pick on my bench, I feel really good about. Um, and I even reached around early for him, but I didn't love the receivers were there. I was probably gonna go with Antonio Brown as my next pick. Mm-hmm. Um, as you've probably been hearing, he's. He's he's got a shot to be the number one there. He does. Year. I mean, he, he does. It, Arians it's, it's Arians came out, shot. I believe it was today or yesterday, and said that he's looking like Antonio Brown of of you know four or five years ago. Yeah, and 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 me being, you know how these fantasy owners get. You know, you know when you owned a guy, um, and and he got hurt on you. You know, you got a sour taste in your mouth, even if it was one in, one year he got hurt. You know, like it leaves that sour taste. Well, I got the opposite with with AB because that man has won me. A lot of money. That man has won me a good <laughs> amount of fantasy championships, yep. and yep. I loved it every second of it. So, I, I, you know, I'm gonna definitely take him in this draft tonight. I'm gonna reach for him. I don't have him in too many leagues. Mm-hmm. I think I only have him in Messiah. Go get you know? your boy, man. Go get your boy. And so, so I'm, I'm who'd you get, end up taking? Who'd, who'd you end up taking? I took. Well, Antonio Brown got taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, about one or two picks. So then I went and reached for Jalen Waddle. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And, and you know, I like Devontae Parker. I think he's talented. Yeah. I really do. But we've already talked about how we don't think that having another receiver on a team really, like, hurts another receiver. If anything, it kind of helps sometimes. And uh, from what they've been talking about, from what I read, and you told me about this kid, is the usage is going to be a thing with him. So if they got a guy that they can lean on, I like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, in in – from what I'm seeing and what and what we've seen from Miami so far during this preseason is is Tua and Waddle they have not missed a step from from Alabama. You know, I I watched a little bit of a couple of of Miami's preseason games and in all of those games all that I kept hearing was Tua passes to Waddle, reception made by Waddle, reception by Waddle, Tua to Waddle, Tua to Waddle. That that's awesome. As as a fantasy owner, I, I love that. That's all I want to see. That's all I want to hear as long as I have those players, which is why I'm, I'm big on both Tua and, and Waddle this year. You know, I really think that Waddle has the potential to be the number one rookie wideout of, of the 2021 season. Oh, nice. I like that. He could be a rookie. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what? Oh, that yeah. makes me happy. He's my WR4 as it is right now. Maybe five. I mean, I took my... So I took, um, I think I went uh, Taylor Bass as, or what was his name? What's his name? Who's Bass? Tyler Bass. Tyler, Tyler Bass. Bass. I, I like I like the kicking from him. I think he's uh, um, if you're if you don't think a kicker is just another position, uh, just a position to fill, and you actually think kickers have value, I think Tyler Bass is the kicker that can then move into the uh, Butker mm-hmm. Zerline. Uh, Tucker category with the way that offense moves and they've shown that they're in their running backs and sometimes they've had inability to uh to actually cash in in the red zone they've had problems with that uh, yeah. before so um and Bass has got a fucking leg on him dude he can kick far kicks so I like <laughs> taking him before taking my last 
my last pick of the draft. Yeah. Um, so speaking I, of, I, I, what was your last pick of the draft? Uh, the Minnesota Vikings were my last pick of the, the draft. Def- nice. Deep, nice. Their defense has, has got a lot of people back. And, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I pick them. The two people I would ask you a question of. So I'm going to go to – we're going to do a little thing for fun right here. Okay. I took these two guys. I'm going to go look at my waiver wire and see if you think there's anybody on the waiver wire that I could pick up instead of these two guys or if you think I should see how they do to start the season um, or just to hold on to them till you know till I drop them. Yeah. But it's um, it's McCole Hardman. Mm-hmm. And um, Williams on your on your squad, Tyson Williams and, and McCole Tyson Hardman. Williams? Yeah, so um, I I got Cole Beasley on the waiver wire, who's probably the the guy I like out of if if I were to go receiver. But I think that Mahar- Hardman is the number two there, or not he, number three with Kelsey and Hill. Number three receive, re- receiving option. So, so out of, out of those two players uh, of of Hardman and Tyson Williams, I I like them both. You know, I I really I honestly think that that Gus can hold the job all year long. Obviously, if Gus goes down for whatever reason, Tyson Williams his value his value goes up because him Tyson and Gus are very similar runners. But as far as as McCole Hardman. I think I think I think McCole Hardman could easily put up you know wide receiver three wide receiver four numbers all year long as long as that offense continues to do what it does and that's just put up points all year long uh, you know I and barring any sort of injury to Kelsey or or Tyree Kill Mikole Hardman's value skyrockets skyrockets immediately you know you and I we've got a trade open right now which I'm going to nudge you on a little bit more. I would love to get my, I would love to get Hard, Hardman on my roster. He wouldn't be starting, but I love taking the chance on that, you know. And 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 taking yeah. a, a late round chance on a guy like like Miko Hardman is totally worth it, you know, because he's what your wide receiver five six. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Not, I mean, he's WR five. Uh, I mean, maybe if you put him above Waddle, he's he's right there. But yeah, exactly, uh, yeah, exactly. He's in the you four know, or five he's, category. He's a he's a depth a depth player on your roster. And that, yeah, yeah, and that's I don't awesome. need to start him straight out the gate. Yeah, still yeah. cool. I like that you like that pick. I, I feel like it's great value down there um, in that pick. And then, you know, with Williams, it's either him, and I'm looking at the waiver wire right now, and I either hold on to him or I go grab. I mean, we got Carlos Hyde, who, you know, he could, I don't know. I don't know if he, he could get, the he guy could I want get goal line work. The the problem with, get with no running with re- looking to replace running backs on the wire is, and this happens in in just about it's all any, any league. Stuff. It's all it's all handcuff stuffs. It's all you know upside. You know, hey, let's take a shot in the dark. And I think you know, out of probably anybody that's available, I, I think Tyson Williams would probably be the guy that I would want to have more. Yeah, than... I think it's him or Tony Jones Jr. You know, and Tony Jones Jr. is on the wire, and mm-hmm. because they re-signed. Uh, uh, Latavius Murray, if they let him go, I probably would have grabbed uh, Tony Jones Jr., but because they got more options in the backfield, and I kind of feel like that backfield is Edwards, and then, like you said, Williams, and that's not a and, whole lot. And that's, that's it. You know, just, Justice, yeah. Hill, Justice Hill is, is out for the year. Dobbins is out for the year. There's rumors about Baltimore talking about, you know, potentially looking into signing. There was Todd Gurley for a little bit, and then there was also Le'Veon Bell. So who knows? Who really knows what's gonna what's gonna happen there? So, but we have been going on for this for a while. 
John, thank you for thanks for coming. Uh, we'll definitely be doing this again. I think the next thing that we do, it'll probably be a you know uh, not necessarily not like kind of like a my guys type thing, but you know I'm, I don't want to take that because another fantasy football podcast I listen to does that. So I I'd, I'd probably call it my ride or die guys. You know these are guys that you really think are going to really outperform their current ADP and they'll not, there's no way you're going to get them at this level next year. So John, good luck, man. Good luck on that draft tonight. Let me, let me know how it goes, brother. I'll let you know. So, so do you think this draft was okay? I'll be competitive for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would, I would think that overall you have a pretty solid, a pretty solid team. You know, I mean, you don't, you don't have those big name players that most fantasy football owners are really looking for but you have guys that are going to produce and that are going to get opportunity. Opportunity equals equals production generally. That's 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 what you're looking for. You have guys that are going to, that are getting an opportunity and that will be given the chance to produce. And that's all that's up to is is, you know, to them to produce. That's really it. Yeah. I hear so, you. Nice. Nice. Well, that's pretty much all the time we got. So, thanks for listening everybody. Take it easy. Hold on.